It started as a small music festival over 30 years ago. Now, the South by Southwest Festival is the center of the universe when it comes to culture, politics, and technology, bringing together the biggest names from Hollywood, Silicon Valley, and DC. It's also helped make the town of Austin, Texas, an expanding hub for big tech year-round. But as Austin becomes more and more reliant on the likes of Amazon and Apple, can it continue to live by the motto of keeping Austin weird? This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from San Francisco is Bloomberg Senior Executive Editor of Global Tech, Brad Stone, who is just getting back from Austin. Thanks for doing this, Brad. Yeah, thanks, David. So, how was your weekend in Austin? Well, it's always an exhausting time. I was only there for uh, for, for two and a half days, uh, so kind of a quick trip. You know, the the whole festival lasts uh, more, than, more than a week, so I got a sampling. Um, uh, hosted a panel on internet and privacy, very kind of topical subject, with representatives from the ACLU, the Electronic Press. Tier Foundation and a, and a privacy company called DuckDuckGo. I went to uh, some very fun parties, of course, a big uh, part of <laughs> South by Southwest, uh, hosted by the New York Times and BuzzFeed and, 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 and LinkedIn. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, it's, it's not just an interactive festival, it's a, it's a movie festival as well. And I saw a fantastic documentary about the 2018 Democratic primary featuring Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, a, a movie called Knock Down the House, which uh, I, think, I thought was very good. So you pretty much just described, you know, it in a nutshell, that it brings together so many facets of the United States, tech, politics, entertainment. Um, but it didn't start off that way. It started off as a music festival back in 1987. So what now has it developed into? Boy, it's you know, it's 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 movies, it's it's the internet. Um, you know, I think of it though somewhat differently than I do other technology conferences, which end up being focused more on the business side, you know, of the industry, or even the the product side of the industry. Like CES is all about the gadgets. South by Southwest, you know, is still a conference about culture. It's a it's a conference about music culture and film film culture, independent films, and about internet culture. And so, you know, you, you, it's, it's more about the kind of interactions uh, than it is about the businesses. And, you know, over the years, I think they started doing the interactive portion of it in the late 90s. And, you know, over the years, you'd see it mint these businesses, like Twitter really emerged uh, in the, uh, you know, about 10 years ago from South by Southwest. Foursquare had its moment uh, back then. And, you know, this year, the funny thing was, you know, uh, almost a cliche, was the scooters. They mm, were everywhere. Yeah. They were... <laughs> You know, companies like Bird and Lime and Jump, uh, scooters lying in piles and electric bikes lying in piles and, and people almost getting into accidents on scooters, zooming this way and that. David, I stayed off the scooters. I feel like I'm maybe a little too old. Uh, so, they can be uh, dangerous. You know, they can be, they can be a little hazardous. Well, you know what? Uh, not just scooters were pretty prevalent uh, this weekend and also, but so were politicians. Um, and this was a big week for 2020 contenders. Um, and when you take into that politics angle and you take into that big tech angle, it really came together with Elizabeth Warren, who made uh, her pitch for breaking up big tech. Detail for us what she's pitching and what you think of it. Sure. Yeah. So in a, uh, in a in a medium post that was really a, a preview of her appearance at South by Southwest, you know, she laid she laid out a case for regulating big tech. Uh, she said, you know, she specifically was talking about Alphabet. Uh, Amazon and Facebook, and then in an interview later amended it to include Apple. Mm -hmm. uh, but she she made she made two points: one that um, these platforms shouldn't be allowed to kind of be the referee of the game to organize the platform, but also participate in it. So that's 
the difference between you know Google uh, running the search engine, but also uh, pointing to a Google search result at the top of the page, or the difference between Amazon, you know, having an e-commerce marketplace, but also having its own branded, you know, baby wipes at the very top of, of a product search list. Uh, and so she said that you know there should be separation between platforms and, and tools on platforms. And then she called for unwinding some of the big acquisitions over the last ten years. So Google's acquisition of DoubleClick, Facebook's acquisition of Instagram, Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods. And you know you did mention like this year at South by Southwest, it was fascinating. For the first time that I can remember, it really was a political event. You had Howard Schultz talking, Amy Klobuchar, uh, John Kasich was there, um, Jay Inslee. You know, re- a real uh, kind of coming out party for some of these presidential primary candidates. And these, those were key demographics for those candidates. You know, millennial voters. Uh, you know, pushing the issues of climate, maybe even gun control. But they kind of got overshadowed because of Beto O'Rourke and AOC. Her documentary. He had a documentary premiere this weekend as well. What was the buzz like for those two? It really was. They really did outdraw some of the actual announced candidates. And yeah, it was their documentaries, uh, Knock Down the House, and then Beto has one also. I think it's uh, running with Beto, and the, the the word on the street is good on both of those movies, and and both of those appearances were in the biggest conference, the biggest ballroom, and with overflow, you know, seating, and people turned away, you know, kind of, you know, it's funny. The the others were were candidates, and and AOC and Beto were rock stars, yeah. and uh, you know, this you mentioned the demographic. I'm not sure it's a representative demographic. You know, it's it's you know like like they really applauded the you know the Elizabeth uh, Warner. Uh, um, uh, you know, br- breaking up tech companies. There, there was a podcast where people were chanting, break them up, break them up. Um, you know, War- Warren did get a good response. Um, but, uh, you know, and then Howard Schultz kind of bombed, as you might expect with that audience uh, attacking yeah. socialism. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the buzz around AOC and Beto is real. I'm interested in the fact that you said that what Warren had to say was, was getting traction with people because big tech has become a big deal in Austin itself, hasn't it? That's right. I mean, I think like San Francisco, like Seattle, it's it's uh, you know it's being changed by the tech companies in their in their midst, and you know that's not just Dell, you know, which which started outside Austin, but all the big tech companies opening offices there, you know, Google and Facebook and Microsoft, and and you know all the great. The great thing about that, of course, is high-paying jobs. And then, you know, I think people are increasingly getting getting into touch with some of the ramifications, which yeah. is, you know, high, higher housing prices and higher higher rents and traffic and congestion and scooters, you know, zooming in and out of uh, out of uh, side, sidewalks. So, yeah, I think I think pe- folks in Austin are as ambivalent and or as worried about uh, the impact that tech is having on their on their very unique city. Right? It's it's you know, it's a university town. It's a little island of progress inside Texas, and, and tech is changing it like it's changing every big city. Now, what is drawing Austin to so many companies like Apple and Amazon and even Juul, the e-cigarette makers? Why are people headed to Austin? I mean, I think for the same reason that they're heading to a lot of big cities, why for the same reason that Amazon initially picked Long Island City and Washington, D.C. for HQ2, because it's all about hiring. It's all about uh, finding, you know, the next generation of computer science engineers, of AI specialists and voice experts. And, and, and Austin is a place where they want to live. You know, there are, there are good universities there, um, but it's an appealing place for, for millennials. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's it's 
you know, com- compared to San Francisco and L.A. And, and New York, it's still probably a little bit more affordable, right? So you could start a family there. So that's why they want to be there. And, um, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, we're, we're, as we see these big companies expand, you know, they're all, they're all dropping an anchor in Austin. And did you talk to anyone, an Uber driver or maybe someone at a restaurant who lives in Austin permanently and yeah. is worried about the fact that it's developing maybe to something like San Francisco where high you know, income people are moving in, raising the, the price of everything and you know, maybe chasing out, scaring the people who have been there for a long time? Yeah, I did. I did. And, you know, those, those Austin residents, they do not appreciate South by Southwest. <laughs> I mean, I am sure some of them do. But, you know, for them, it's nine days of, of traffic and avoiding downtown and an influx of outsiders into their into their glorious city. Um, and, and then I think on kind of on a broader level, those probably same worries are, you know, a, a, applied to the transformation of Austin. You know, what, what, does it, what does it mean? You know, Austin's a place like San Francisco was 10 years ago where some people might, you know, kind of try to get away to, to have a different kind of lifestyle or a slower pace of life. I mean, I, I don't think that's gone. I think Austin, you know, can, is still like San Francisco, still, you know, a, a little eccentric in its, in its, in its ways. But um, I think there's a concern there that, you know, what South by Southwest represents, you know, is, it, you know, might be true year round for the, for the city, which is that, you know, these outside forces are coming in and changing the character of the city. Brad, Austin's motto is keep Austin weird. So what is weird about Austin? <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you, about, David, what's special about Austin. Um, you know, for, first of all, you know, you've got, it, it's a college town, University of Texas at Austin. Um, you've got all, all those, these great, you know, country bars and, and uh, barbecue joints along 6th Street. Um, you, you, just great cinema, the Alamo Draft, Draft House, the Paramount Theater. So, you know, it, it's like we can probably count on one hand, you know, the number of, like, you know, cities, American cities with really distinct cultures and you know texas is a place with this blend of uh, austin's a place with this you know blend of uh, like texas culture and university culture and progressive culture and you know i think i think that's why every year people flock to south by southwest not just for the event but to experience it brad thank you so much for doing this thank you david make sure to follow brad on twitter you can find him at brad stone that's the tiktok for today thanks for listening and please head on over to itunes and let us know what you think I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.